Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hey, I bet you want to know how to have more successful discovery calls. And I want to tell you exactly how to do that. I am doing a masterclass called Discovery Calls That Convert. And I want to teach you my signature discovery call system so that you know exactly what you need to do to have more successful discovery calls. It all goes down on June 29th. I'd love for you to join us. Check out the link in the show notes so that you can get signed up. And I hope to see you there. Let's rock out those discovery calls. Welcome, everybody. And um, thank you so much for making some time to be here tonight. I think this is going to be a really, really helpful amazing, informative training for a lot of you to understand just really how to position yourself right now as a coach and um, what kind of offers you have that you can put together. And I'm so, so excited to welcome Jessica to be the expert for us tonight on how to make this all happen. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Jessica. Yes. Thanks ladies for having me. I'm so excited. I know there's a lot going on right now in the world and for all you moms that are stuck at home with kids. So am I. So <laughs> I told Nicole, I apologize for the way I showed up this evening, but man, it's been a day. <laughs> you look beautiful. And I love that top, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. So Jessica and I met, just so you guys know how cool this whole virtual world is to us these days. We met live in person at an event, but we both happen to, you know, know similar people and have had similar experiences and have been in the coaching business for a while. And so we connected and have stayed in touch. And I just am a huge fan of you and your work and how you show up online. So thank you for being so inspiring in how you represent yourself. Thank you. I'm excited. I love this community of women that you're building in this Facebook group in in regards to sales. I love sales. I know. I know. Well, that was kind of something that Jessica and I um, nerded out over a little bit is sales and business. And yeah, it's, it's, again, it's really cool just to surround yourself with people that are doing similar things and being at pays to be brave together was just awesome to be around a whole community of women who have started to understand that, you know, they can, they can play a big game and, and be an amazing inspirational person to a lot of people who need them. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys, Jess is a like super badass, awesome business coach. And she got her start. This is how I remember you telling the story. You basically were like handpicked to come be on the executive team of this startup company. So I was, is that right? Well, I mean, at the time it was not an executive team. It was like a bunch of people just sitting around a kitchen table in an old office um, space, a very small rented office space. But yes, I left my commercial real estate job in 2000, uh, late 2008. And I joined a company that was a startup in 2009 in the med device uh, medical field. We were selling a pharmacogenetics test and were first to market. And so 
at that time, we were in a recession and launching a business just seemed like one of the stupidest things you could do. But long story short is over the span of eight years, I had an absolute honor to be grow with the company and be one of the only female executives. And my role in the business was overseeing corporate strategy and our national sales team. So we had 500 sales reps all over the United States and Puerto Rico that, um, you know, through worked their way up to me. So I was in charge of making all of the decisions coming out of corporate, working with the CEO, figuring out how do we pull it from, you know, the commercial operations side, the marketing team, um, internally our lab, and then make those tangible, um, and, and make it easy to apply to our sales force in order to get sales. So the business ended up being valued and acquired at eight and a half billion dollars. I was the only one to stay on with the business for an additional two years. While I was still the only exec, uh, the remaining executive there, I thought, you know, someday I want to teach this to female business owners because there were a lot of times in those eight years where I didn't know the lingo. I didn't know what they were talking about. I was having to Google what, you know, EBITDA meant. I'd never heard that term in my former role. And it came so naturally to all the men on the, not only our team, but in loan meetings with JP Morgan Chase, with all of the capital investment firms. And so I decided when I was pregnant with my twins that I was going to go ahead and leave and start building my own dream. So I was able to take everything that I learned while building this billion dollar brand. And now I work with female entrepreneurs to use the same skill set, the same tool set and the same mindset that we had while building that to either hit six figures for the first time or one-on-one coaching where um, I work with female entrepreneurs looking to go from multiple six figures and break through seven figures. I work with a lot of coaches and a lot of women in the health and wellness space. So I was excited to hear that that's what so many of you are um, and your current roles in the businesses that you have. That's a very long story short. So I got all the details and that was so super fascinating just to hear how you were able to, number one, observe how it was difficult for you to, you know, learn the lingo, but it seemed to be um, something that the men just picked up on and that that stuck with you to the degree where it, it impacted you enough that you said, I want to teach other women how to do this so that they're not at a disadvantage. I love that. I love that. And I will say I was very fortunate because I I think there's a lot of company situations where women aren't treated equal. And I very much so had a seat at the table. I never once felt like my ideas or my directive for the company was taken any less seriously. However, I know that's not the case across the board. And I know that there's a lot of female entrepreneurs that when launching their businesses, they're looking to get investors or they're looking to raise capital or, you know, branch out into a market they're not familiar with. And that takes a level of confidence that can absolutely be trained. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your experience with us here tonight. I'm super excited for this training and for everything that you are going to teach us. Yes. So a lot of the questions that were posted from some of you are questions that I get all the time. It's also one of the number one mistakes that I see female entrepreneurs making, especially on the service-based side. However, I do see it in product as well. Um, So when Nicole reached out to me and said, you know, what can you, what, what do you love to speak on? This is one of the areas that I have seen 
most my entrepreneurs see the biggest, uh, you know, the needle move the most. And it's because the way they currently have their offering set up on the website. And if I'm describing you, take notes because we're going to get you on track. So you will notice when you fall on maybe your competitors' websites or you fall on other industries, they only have one to two offerings and it's very, it's very simple on how to work with them. But where I see a lot of women make the mistake is they have a 30-day program, a 90-day program, a six-month program, and then they also have a course and then they have an ebook you can buy. And there's so many options that the buyer is confused. And as soon as you lose the consumer's attention and as soon as they don't understand what is right for them, you lose the sale. And so it's really important that you figure out what are your signature offerings going to be and have no more than three options. And those three options should speak to three different people at three different price points or at three different maybe areas or in the journey or steps of where they're at. And so what happens is a lot of people go, well, I feel like in order to be competitive, I need the 90 day program or I need to sell a 90 day program because that's all that my buyer can afford. And then you start figuring out how you're going to price your services based off of what you think people can afford rather than what you actually bring to the table and the value that you have. So for example, if you're going to have a group coaching program and then you're going to have a one-on-one program. So I'm going to go ahead and just use the health and wellness space for some of these examples because I know some of you are in that. If you are a health coach and you're going to be offering a group program, The price point needs to be affordable for a beginner to join. However, there needs to be still enough content and enough value in that group program where they see results so high that they then want to work with you one-on-one. And so if you are not putting enough into a group program where people start to see results, or if you are a corporate coach, you're a business coach, a sales coach, whatever it may be, if they are not seeing results in a group program, they will never go to your higher level, higher ticket program. On the contrary, you want your one-on-one programs to have so much built into them and be high touch point that one, they drive a much higher price, but that the person that's buying into that would never really want to be in a group program because they're at a point in their career or at a point in their fitness journey where they only want to work with you one-on-one. So if they fall on your website and they see you have a group option and then they see you have a one-on-one option, not only does the copy and what's included in the programs make sense for where they're at and what they're looking for, but you have to paint the picture of what are the results going to be. And then the results are what is going to drive the value and the price. And so, for example, I'll just use myself for an example. My price is on my website, so I'll be very transparent. So I have a group coaching program, and it's $395 a month, and it's a 12-month program. And it's built out for female entrepreneurs in their first two years of business. And to some of them in the beginning, $395 sounds like a lot of money. They don't have a ton of cash flow coming in. 
but it's my responsibility to get them enough touch point in that group program. So they are getting five calls a month where I'm on the call weekly and walking them through it. And they have that group environment to where my personal goal is that within the first six months, they are now becoming a one-on-one client because the return on their investment is so high. But then if you work with me one-on-one, you're looking at a four-month, much shorter time frame, an intensive program where I'm really giving you 24-7 access, deep diving into the business. And then that comes out to be a much higher price point. But I'm able to sell those higher ticket packages. And if you are somebody that sells high ticket, it's important to remember this. You need to be able to translate what they need to do in order to afford that. So at a $7,000 package for four months, most of my clients buying into that are service-based and they may only need to land one or two fitness clients, one or two health clients in order to pay for that entire program. It's my job to help them feel so confident in what they do that they know that they're going to get one to two clients in working with me. I also know that clients that have invested that $7,000 I have kids running around my house, um, have seen a return on that investment 10 to 20 times over because of the shifts we've made in their business. So if you are a health coach or even a corporate coach, I know we have some corporate coaches in here, you really need to sit down and figure out what is the end result of working with me? What are the results that people have had? If you haven't actually had clients yet, I would do either some pro bono clients, run them through your program so you have that hands-on experience, see what their results are, reverse engineer from those results and figure out how long does your program need to be in order for somebody to see a major shift in their life. So if you are in the health and wellness space, 90 days is pretty short. Your client will feel better in 90 days. They may lose weight in 90 days. They may be getting into a groove of working with you in that 90 days, but there's not enough of a result to where they are telling their friends, I've lost 10 pounds, I've changed my life. Like you need a longer program. And you need to know at what point when I work with clients, do we really see that major shift happen? And you want to make sure that they're a client for at least 30 to 60 days after that. One of the other things that I think is important when you're building out your pricing and your packages and your services is what does level two look like? So once you put clients through your first program, So whether that be a group program and then they become a one-on-one client after that one-on-one contract is up, what is level two? Maybe it's less calls. Maybe at that point, they'll be able to do more virtual trainings. Maybe it's one call a month and really assess if I'm going to sign you as a client, what is the lifetime value here look like? And it's important to know that on the front end, if you're going to have clients that keep renewing, because it's much easier to retain your clients than it is to get new clients. And it allows you to kind of look at the value, the overall value of the client. 
and what could be their potential spend with you. That'll help you identify your marketing budget, but it will also identify you building that entire relationship with them versus I just want to fill this group program because I want this consistent cash flow for six months at a time. This is a lot. So do you stop me if you have questions? <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. And I, I love how you're, you're really weaving sales into everything that you're saying. Cause ultimately, even once you've started working with somebody, you're always selling yourself, you know, even, even just the going from the group program to the one-on-one, like they get a taste of what you're like and what it's like to work with you during the group program. And then they want to level up because they understand the importance of that, that intimate connection in working with their coach. Yes, absolutely. And then having opportunities for you to work for them to work with you one-on-one. So if you are entrepreneurs that have a group coaching program or you start people off in some type of course, at some point you have to give them a taste of what the difference is working with you one-on-one. So I personally offer all my group coaching clients an opportunity to add one strategy call a month with me at a discounted rate from what my price would normally be. And typically after they have that one strategy call working with me one-on-one, they always want to make the jump out of the group program. And it's my job to really assess, no, you're probably not there yet. So let's schedule one next month. But I'd really like you to stay in this group program for at least, you know, five months, six months. And then once the cash flow is really coming in and it's your job as a coach to really guide your clients through this as well. But the goal is, is that the experience is so great and then they get to see what that next level is. And it's a goal of theirs to get there. And if they've never experienced it, you will have to sell it. But if they, if you allow them to kind of go through the motions and see what a difference it is, um, and maybe you do that for free at some point, you just throw in one strategy call and you give it to them at the three month or six month mark, it can really help you not always feel like you're selling. Right. And that's another problem too. When you make these courses or programs, 60 days, 90 days, you are constantly selling. Yes. And you're selling to your current clients. So it makes it, you're, you're trying to sell to new clients, your current clients, you're trying to get back old clients. I mean, you're, you're just in this constant sales cycle where when you have these retainers built in and they're at a time period that makes sense. And it's also really important that we're really mindful of when I take on new clients, when we know we have clients expiring on one contract that they might be going to a different contract that has less calls, more calls. We have a whole system in place with my team where we're monitoring that. So we never onboard too many clients or we never let it fall to where we're like, okay, how did we end up with a month where the revenue is down because we didn't plan for this? Mm-hmm. Wow. So your team really helps you manage like contract expirations and how to know when you need to basically see all the timelines. So you know what's going on in your business, like you said, so you don't let the levels get too low or you don't take on too many clients. Yes. So if you own a coaching business, there's other businesses that this can apply to as well. I have brand designers, architects, um, an interior designer. I have the most basic template that my team uses in Google Drive. And it's just a Google spreadsheet. And we basically put the client's name, their company's name, what program they're in of our 
in of ours and we sort them by program, the contract start date, the contract end date, put in there, are they doing monthly payments paid in full, as much information to where we can pull up any one of us from, you know, Google Drive at any time and see all the information that we would need to know about any client. We also keep a note section in there. So if someone has to reschedule a call and needs to bump it towards the end of their contract, all of that's kept in there. It's incredibly helpful as you start to build out your team. And even if you're doing this one-on-one, if you're working for yourself, being able to manage that and know when these expire and Um, I always recommend reaching out with a new proposal three weeks before your client's contract expires if they don't reach out to you first. And then I will put together a whole recap of everything they've accomplished and what I feel would be the next best steps for them and what does that look like as far as committing to another program. I like that. So you do that three weeks ahead of time. So you're basically giving them your recommendations so that they know what would be the next right step for them. Yes. Cause you definitely want to re-sign a client before their contract expires. Once a contract expires and then they're not scheduling calls with you or, um, and the best way to do this and it, in all honesty, it's how I have to do it. We basically tell them to secure the link for the following month we need to have that con- we need to have a contract back mm-hmm. and so my assistant will not send out a scheduling link to anyone who hasn't renewed a contract because we don't want them scheduling calls for the following month if they end up not you know resigning we haven't had that problem yet but i like to have those systems in place as we grow and just it makes it easy for them to to know who's getting the link and and how we move forward right right I like that. Somebody, Paula's asking a question. So I'm going to ask this real quick. She said, what if someone is insistent on transitioning out of the group program and into one-on-one, even if you think they're not ready? Oh, I mean, I would absolutely, I become incredibly close with my clients. And so I've never had a situation where I've told somebody like, Hey, I think you should stay here for three more months. You're signing contracts. Let's get that cash flow in for you. Um, and it's always comes from their cash flow perspective because I want to make sure that my clients are not spreading themselves too thin, um, especially if they're new business owners, which most of the women in my group coaching program. However, the client is always in charge of what they want to do or what they want to be in. But I also feel that as a coach, we have a responsibility to one, know our programs inside and out and who it works for and how it's going to work best. Um, I turn down prospective clients all the time that I don't think would be a good fit. And so I would say just always have those open lines of communication and make sure if you have a group program, um, I think it's very unfortunate. There's a lot of coaches out there doing a mass program with two, 300 people signing up, trying to get on these weekly calls, trying to get the attention they deserve. You are, you will see higher results and have higher lead gens coming from referrals if you keep your group program small. So we cap at 20 women. I will not take more than 20 women. It's just not not possible for me to know in detail and in depth more than that based off of how much information I need to know in regards to their business. Oh, I totally appreciate that. I think that's 
I just have a lot of respect for knowing how much you need to know about each person to truly drive progress and, and to help them see the results that they're looking to get out of the program. Yeah, I, I totally respect that. I think it's really important too in the health and wellness space, right? Because you have women that are joining these programs, um, especially group where they're not necessarily working with you one-on-one and they are at all different levels of what they can achieve and what they can achieve and maybe what is possible for them as far as a workout schedule or an eating routine or whatever it may be. And so they will get lost in the shuffle very quickly if they're not seeing the results that they want to see immediately, or they don't feel like they are as active in the group because, and I pay heavily attention to this and you should too, if you have a group program is you're going to have extroverts and you're going to have introverts and you really need to make sure that you are connecting with the introverts in a way that they feel comfortable. I've had women like the first couple calls, not really speak up or ask questions. And I know it's because it's in their personality. So connecting them with other women in the group outside of the group coaching calls. So they start building those relationships is going to be really important for the success of your program. Right. I like that. Pairing them up, basically giving them somebody to kind of be a business bestie. Yeah. Check in with each other accountability partner. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. So, so this is the, the packaging makes sense. Now, how do you decide on the pricing? And I totally agree. The, the more offers you have, the more confusing it is for people. And so I like that you say maximum three offers, different price points. They serve different people at the different phases they're at in their journey. How do you decide on pricing? So when it comes to pricing, there's always going to be a basement and there's going to be a ceiling. I mean, and you need to figure out what floor you fall on. And when I work through um, deciding on kind of where my clients should be priced, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So if you are coming out of a role, let's just say you're the chief marketing officer for, you know, a huge beauty brand and you decide to start your own marketing agency, well, you better be charging a lot more than somebody that just graduated from graphic design school and decided to start a marketing company because you have that expertise, you have that history, you have that knowledge. And a lot of women do themselves disservice because they think just because their business is new that they need to price themselves in that lower market. Mm -hmm. So I like to always take into consideration what certifications you have, what amount of experience you have providing this information, this knowledge. Who is the demographic that you're going to be working with? So I know we have some corporate coaches that you mentioned on here that work with the corporate environment. Well, if you're working with, you know, maybe like junior managers in corporate, your pricing is going to be much differently than if you market and position yourself that I work with C-suite executives because C-suite executives are going to pay a lot more. And a C-suite executive that sees somebody maybe charging $2,000 is going to say, that's not the person for me. That's really low. Something must not be right. But then if you are pricing yourself at 10 grand a month and you are wanting to work with the junior managers, that's so far out from their reach. So you really need to one, figure out who your market is and what is kind of what makes sense as far as pricing strategy. Cause yes, there are some people that will pay above their means, but for the most part, you want to be able to get on these calls and convert them to clients. 
I also like to figure out what is actually included. So a lot of these coaches say, well, I came up with my price because I'm doing three calls a month and I figured at $150 an hour, I would charge, you know, $450 and you cannot, yes, you should factor in how much time, but when people ask me why my prices are they what they are, it's because I guarantee you in the first two hours that we sit down and have a strategy intensive, I'm going to make you more than seven grand. So you're, you're paying me for the amount of information that you're going to apply to your business. But then I'm also available to you via text and email. So that's a premium knowing that my clients can text me and email me especially on a day like today, (laughs) every 15 minutes, because there's constant pivoting going on. So really figuring out like, what are your modules worth? One strategy that I wouldn't do when it comes to pricing. And I see some people doing this as they say, you know, this package includes 12 calls, which would be $15,000. And my, (laughs) my, my client portal is valued at $18,000. And then you, and then like the whole package ends up being $42,000, but you can buy it for $4,000 today. <laughs> because that's not realistic that it, you're basically adding up make believe prices that you're then going to discount that then don't talk anything about to how do you apply that to the result that you're providing. Right. So there's a lot that goes into pricing strategy. I actually pull out a ton of information from my clients before I feel comfortable even getting that. I get asked all the time, like, what would you ballpark that at? And you really can't. You need to figure out where you want to be in the market, who you're going to serve, and then how much is that result worth to the client that you're serving? Mm -hmm. I think that's a big, a big piece of it. And obviously I'm sure, you know, as a sales coach, I'm always pushing, it's an investment and that's how you're selling it. And the return on the investment is where your true value lies. It's not the 12 sessions that you give them on Zoom. It's not the, it's not the features. They're great. They're beautiful. They're nice. And sometimes that will put somebody over the edge, but ultimately it's the return in their work with you. That's going to make the biggest impact. And that's the value for them. That's what they really want. Yeah. And I will say one of the areas, so I have two things. One is women always underprice themselves. So 90% of the clients that come to me, I raise their rates because they are way under market. They're not charging enough. And that ultimately leads to them telling me, I get on all these discovery calls, but I keep getting priced as an objection. And you can't, they're trying to sell to poor people. I'm like, stop selling to poor people. If people really wanted to buy it. And that's why I just put my prices on my website. And that really helps too. If you're a coach or service-based entrepreneur, just throw your prices on the website because if after they've seen your prices, they still want to get on the phone with you. I hardly ever get price as an objection because they already saw it. They know it. It's there. And so one is don't undervalue yourself, but two As you build out these programs, it's so important to remember that they're not set in stone. Mm -hmm. So when I started the Female Founders Club group coaching program, it was six months. And a lot of it was me talking about all the trainings that I had put in this client portal and all the web and brand and strategy sheets and everything you could get. And what I found after spending six months building it is 
that's not really what people cared about. People were getting so much value on those calls. And I was only doing two calls a month. Um, it was every other week that I had to really look at that and say, okay, I need to bump up the calls. So now there's five a month and I need to stop wasting my time putting all this content on a portal that I'm looking at the analytics and people aren't really using it that I thought. So make changes to your program. If you see one thing's getting you really great results and one thing people are not using, then, you know, make the changes on your website, pitch the other part of that program Mm -hmm. on where they're going to see those results. And you won't know until you do it. Right. Yeah. You have to be willing to just do it and see the results. And I, I like that you said, you know, just it's my coach told me once, it's not a tattoo on your face. Like you're right. not, you know, and you're always going to tweak things and you're always going to make adjustments so that you can best serve the people that you're working with. Yes. Yeah. And um, a lot of the women in my group coaching program are from San Diego. And um, so I thought, you know what? A lot of them don't have updated brand photography or, you know, some of my clients that are in more of a professional role, they have such a traditional headshot. So I thought, you know what? I work with a photographer all the time. She'll give me a great rate. I'm going to just throw a mini brand shoot in there. They can pick one to come to a month. If they want to pay for the other ones, it'll be at a great price. And I threw that on there this year. And so it's coming up with things too. And I wouldn't have known that when I started the group program that that could be an extra feature, but women are really enjoying it. And it's great for my photographer. It's great for my clients. And so just be willing to adapt and hear the feedback. I ask for a lot of feedback from my clients and they feel comfortable telling me like what's working, what's not working. If I have a guest speaker, they're like, Oh, that one wasn't so great. I have a great one. They, they tell me. And so don't just keep doing business as usual. Mix it up. Right. Yeah. I, I, and it keeps you fresh and new. Like you don't want to get stale. You don't want to get, you know, I, I learned that as, as a math teacher. I mean, this is my analogy. When I was teaching high school math, I realized, first of all, that quiz, the very first version that I ever made that I thought was so beautiful that I spent hours on, <laughs> disaster. And as the students started taking it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was a typo or that I didn't ask that the right way. And, you know, and and then every time I gave that quiz, I had to tweak it or do something different to it because I also didn't want the same kind of questions to always be out there. And then it becomes known. And it's funny how as a coach, I started to see that same thing. Like what you offer will always need to be tweaked so that you're staying fresh and new and and your content is, you know, always going to change a little bit to kind of, kind of keep it. I guess, keep it interesting for your clients. Cause you mentioned earlier, the, the easiest ones to sell to are the ones you already have. And so you want to yeah. keep it fresh for them so that you're always doing something new and, and offering something different for them. And not only them, but they are my sales reps. I mean, I cannot tell you I run and I, I always used to preach, like you don't want a, a, you know, just a referral based business. Like you have to have other marketing streams. You have to have other sales channels, but 90% and I end up booking out to where I can't take on more clients is because I'm a 90% referral based business. I just get a ton of business that way. And I'm not out there constantly offering them incentives to, to refer me. They, their peers, their colleagues, their friends, they see the success they're having. And I always want to make sure that my current clients are taken care of. My current clients are happy that they're succeeding. Their success is 
my success before I ever worry about prospecting anybody new. Mm -hmm. I love that. We have a couple of questions. I'm going to um, throw them out there real quick. So the part, and I totally agree with you with putting the price on the website. I do the same thing because it is, it's a qualifier and it's also it, in, I guess the whole idea behind sales is, you know, I want you to trust me and I want you to know that I'm being transparent. I have nothing to hide. I'm not going to get you on a call and then pop at the end with a surprise of, well, it cost this much. Like yeah. I want you very much in reality with what you're getting on a call to talk about. But Flea had a really good question and, and I've gotten this question before. He said, some people recommend not putting it on the site because you can't sell them on the value that you provide. So there's so many incredible ways now that we can get in front of our prospective clients. So think about how those clients are falling on your website. Unless your SEO is really high, chances are they've seen you on Instagram, they've seen you on Facebook, they've seen you on LinkedIn, they've been watching you build that value, and that's how they're now on your website filling out your contact form. Um, or they've come down the rabbit hole of a sales funnel <laughs> that you have in place. All of my clients that come from Instagram, and we have had a substantial amount come from Instagram this in the last six months, some of them have actually told me, like, I've been watching you for the last year. I watch your stories every day, and I know because I watch them watch my stories. I'm really into analytics. And I've been messaging them. They'll message me, ask questions. And so that's where you're really building the value. That's where you should be doing things like this, where you can get on and be a guest in somebody's Facebook group or showing up live every day. That's where you should be building the value to where people are slowly going, like, I want to work with her. I want to work with him. Wow. Look at all these other people tagging her and that they're in her group. And that's how it happens. It very rarely happens where somebody Googles you, falls on your page, especially if you're selling high ticket and says, well, I think I'll just jump on a discovery call. That's pretty much what I say. I'm like, if you've done the research to find my website, you already know who I am. You've already been watching me because my website is not out. Like you wouldn't find it on, you know, the, the SEO isn't high. Like it's not a way that people would find me. So you would already be familiar with me if you found my website. So not that that's the case for, you know, for, for everybody, but I think that that is the case for a lot of us. We're not seen on our websites. We're seen on our social media platforms. Yes. And I, and knowing your analytics. So I check our, I check my website. I check my convert kit. I check Instagram. I, I mean, I check all of our analytics every single morning for the day prior. And I want to know where is this traffic coming from? Okay. Social media. Okay. What social media platform it's coming from a referral source. What referral source? Was it a podcast? Was it a, a client of mine's website that she did a blog post? Um, because that's how you will know where am I showing up and where is it working and where am I not showing up enough that I need to start doing more outreach. So if you do happen to have like a ton of people coming in from Google, then you know, maybe you don't need your prices, but I will say the transition, I started adding my prices. I want to say last May or June and my conversion rate on discovery calls is pretty close to a hundred percent. Not because I'm a hard closer, any of that, because I actually don't want to hard close anyone into these programs. I don't want to work with someone that's not like, I'm dying to get into your program and work with you. But because before that, I think people have a very 
they have a misconception of what coaching runs because there are some coaches out. I mean, there's a million coaches out there and there are some that are, you know, priced very, very low that I would never compete with. And so they were getting on the phone, just not understanding what the actual investment was. Mm -hmm. Right. It's been a great pre-qualifier for me too. And I feel like the women I get on the phone with are very serious and they're ready to commit. And there's not the game of, well, I need to think about it or figure out how I'm going to pay for it. Or That's the other thing I like to tell people a lot of times. The discovery call should not be the first time that, uh, I, they should be pretty clear on the discovery call. If you've done all the right qualification, your sales process is is in place, then you have qualifiers along the way before they get on the call, because you certainly don't want just anybody who's never heard of you jumping on a call with you. Um, you want it to be the person that's really ready to make the investment. They just need some reassurance from you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love getting on the phone with people because I want to make sure that they're a good fit for me, but that I'm also a good fit for them. I know exactly what types of companies, what types of personalities have um, the best results. That's important if you're a coach to know that. You will do yourself a huge disservice if you're just looking at the revenue coming in and not the actual client behind it. And uh, the other thing I was going to say, so I do offer the ability to do monthly payment options. So when I am on the phone, that is something that I'm able to say, like, look, I know $7,000 is a lot of money to just, you know, pull out of your account right now or, or to take away from your, your cash flow coming in the next month. So I'm always able to say, you know, we do, I can accommodate monthly payment options. Here's what it would be. And a lot of times that's reassuring because that's much more feasible for a business owner, especially now, than to just write that lump sum check. I have a friend who she's a, a fellow really successful coach and she, every coaching program she invests in, she always chooses the payment plan. And it surprised me when she said that, cause I was like, I like just paying in full, but it's a challenge for her to be able to basically recoup the entire investment in the first month. That's always her goal, but she chooses the payment plan knowing that she can at least make that each month in return revenue. Yeah. And I actually, for the coaches and, or, you know, anybody that does payment plans on here, I actually don't mind at all when clients take a payment plan. I'm a mom. I'm an expert in this industry. My team could not pick up these coaching calls if I got hit by a truck tomorrow. And knowing that on my team and my husband, it would not be this huge process of trying to figure out, you know, how much to that of people that paid in lump sum. So it's always something to think about that, you know, payment, having your clients pay you on a monthly retainer basis is not necessarily a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I appreciate that perspective too. We have one more and then I want to hear about positioning. I'm really interested in, in this part as well. Oh, Paula said to use the phrase prices starting at on your website. Like in other words, that's your lowest price prices starting at and going up from there. What does she do? Do you know? Yeah. So she's, so Paula sells essential oils, but she also had another comment on here that she is a photographer, which Paula, I did not know that about you. She said rebranding photographer. Okay. A lot of planning, which makes it not affordable for small single owner businesses. So maybe a more generic, this must've been in, in response to something earlier, but yeah, she's talking about low prices being a huge problem in the photography industry. 
Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back to the show. So I, I actually work with some photographers that are very high ticket and, um, one of them does. does. Okay. Sorry. She does branding and photography and photography. Okay. So the one I think it can work for some industries to have prices starting at. However, when I personally see that on someone's website, it makes me think, okay, one, they don't really know what their prices are and they're just quoting you based off of like what you need. They don't actually have packages to choose from. And two, how many times are you actually quoting? So if you have prices starting at 1200, how many of your clients are actually paying 1200 and how many are paying like 4,000, 5,000, 6,000? So you just want to make sure that a majority of your clients fall close to that number. And so that you're not just using that as a hook to get people on the phone and then thinking, okay, well, I could probably do something for 1200. And then you find out it's going to be much more. I work with a couple web and brand designers and we've gotten really clear on their packaging and what they offer. So for example, my one client, when we first started working together, she did a logo, like a, then like a logo and a, like a real basic website. And then she did like a full rebrand. Well, she was finding out that just doing a logo for somebody, one, it's like very time consuming. And then she didn't have control over the full rebrand. So she was putting her name on logos that ended up going on websites that she didn't actually build and it didn't represent who she was as a brand designer. So we got rid of that. And now she has two. You either work with her at a price point of 3000 or she has another package at seven grand and she basically that includes everything. And it's, and she sees a lot of clients coming in at that seven grand because so much is included mm-hmm. and she's able to translate that into clients who have used her and have her websites are now doing sales of multiple six figures because of, you know, they're user friendly, they have Shopify built in, whatever it may be. And she's booked until July 1st and bringing in uh, multiple five figures a month. And this is somebody who, when she first came to me in her group program, had very like low level offerings wasn't priced right, wasn't positioned right, was trying to sell to everyone. We niched her down. We positioned her in the market correctly. And she's had a lot of success just from taking those steps. So it sounds like positioning might be, and I'm sure they're all equally important in many ways, but it might be one of the most important pieces 
the positioning. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. If you don't know who your prospective client is, or you have too wide of a range and you're casting this net to where you're working with so many different types of businesses or types of individuals and you're not niched down correctly, um, you're going to have a really hard time putting out copy, putting out content that speaks directly to them. Mm -hmm. So I know some people call it an avatar. I don't necessarily think your person needs to have a persona, a name, drive a certain car. I do think it's really important that your person has a result that they're looking for and you have a solution to fix it um, and get them to that result. And then once you identify who that is, figuring out, you know, financially, what are they going to pay for this? Socially, where are they hanging out? What do they do? How do you get in front of them? And then from a marketing standpoint, how do you prove that you are the expert and that you are worth every penny and more to be the person that delivers this for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I thank you for saying too, that you don't need to know the avatar's name and what kind of car they drive. Yeah. I don't, I had never heard of that until I got into this industry and then everyone's like, well, she needs to have a name and she needs to, you know, what does she drink? And I'm like, I don't know because, and honestly I have right now a lot of clients on retainer and I guarantee you not all of them drink the same thing, drive the same car. I mean, they're very widespread yet. They all have the same goal in mind and that's that they're really freaking passionate about what they do no matter what industry they're in and they want to be successful. They don't want to be overwhelmed and they want to grow and scale a company that is lucrative and allows them to live the lifestyle they want to live, whether that's traveling, that's being a mom, whatever it may be. So I think that for me makes it very easy to identify a client and a client to identify if I'm the right solution for them. Yeah, I, I like that. I I definitely have gone through different exercises where, you know, it was, what's her name? Wendy, I, I, what, what does yeah. she do? And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I know what she wants. But I've also done that with some of my clients that I felt that, you know, have really active fun imaginations and would have a little bit more fun with kind of design, designing their avatar. But I think, like you said, most importantly, it's where do they hang out? Yeah. And what do they really want? You've got to know where they hang out. You have to know them well enough because that's how you're going to reach them. That's how you're going to find them. And what are they really looking for? Because that's what they are going to buy from you is what they're looking for because they're going to believe you can give it to them. Yeah. And then figuring out the, the copy and the content is so important. And I really challenge my clients to figure out like, what are your three buckets? Like, what are the three things that you are really going to like put your stake in the sand that I'm the expert and talking about those things. So if you're a fitness, a health and wellness coach, and you're targeting um, women in corporate America or female business owners, maybe one whole content bucket for you is being able to work out in a hotel room or while you're traveling. Or how do you pack meals on a plane and your whole, maybe one whole bucket is like really speaking to that woman who is an executive, who's having to fly to regional meetings, whatever it may be. And so if you are not wanting to work with a stay at home mom, who's trying to lose the baby weight, 
she's seeing you post all this corporate stuff and that's not really speaking to her. So chances are she's going to go work with a fitness instructor or a health and wellness coach that's targeting stay at home moms. But if I'm an executive and I'm burnt out and I'm traveling and I don't understand how I'm ever going to make it to these hotel gyms and I see you posting about what you can do in a hotel room and how the best containers to travel with, with your food or whatever it may be. I'm like, wow, this girl gets it. Like she's making me feel like I could do this. And so having that content that converts them. Yeah. I have a friend who hired a trainer because the trainer offered, and he's not just any personal trainer. He works with busy professionals who travel a lot for work. He calls ahead to the hotel they're staying at. He finds out what equipment is available at the gym. And then he designs a a customized workout for them based on what equipment is available there. That's such a great way to position yourself. Yeah, there are a lot of personal trainers out there, but which one do you want to hire? If you're somebody who travels quite often for work and you're always at the mercy of the hotel gym, you don't necessarily have the, the, the brain capacity with everything else going on with your travels to call ahead and come up with your own workout. But the fact that that service was provided as part of his, um, his training was why he hired him. Yes. And it makes you unique and different. And I think that that's so important too, when you're doing your positioning is, and it's hard to do for yourself. I have a coach and my coach helped pull this out, pull it out of me. And I, I have to help pull it out of my clients too. But what makes you different than everybody else in your saturated market? So I wasn't really talking about this billion dollar startup that I was a key role in creating, building and selling for a long time. And then I realized there's not many other women that can throw that out there. And part of that is too, from that billion dollar experience, it wasn't all just rainbows and butterflies. I mean, a lot of shit hit the fan in that eight years. And I dealt like with a lot and that I'm able to now implement damage control, crisis control this week. And so figuring out what is your story, what makes you uniquely different and how does that connect you with that client that you're wanting to work with? Yep. You, um, you said something earlier and and it, I just made a huge connection. You said most of the women undercharge for what they offer. And my very first conversation with you, we were just getting to know each other. We weren't even talking about our businesses. And I told you about me and my experience. So just like you were just saying, you know, your startup, like shit hit the fan and things were crazy during those eight years, but it's how you navigated. And it's the person you became in that process that makes you so valuable now to lead people through what they're, what they're going through. And without me even telling you what I did, I just told you my experience, who I was, what I went through, where I, and you said, you don't charge enough. Like that was one of the very first things. And, and I remember, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you remember it too. It really resonated with me when you said it, because I, it really made it sink in even further. We are here to serve people because of what we've been through. Like we're using our pain and our experiences that we have survived to help others. And that's where the value is. And I will say too, I didn't launch a coaching business and start charging prices of, um, you know, women that have been in the industry for five, 10 years as coaches. And, you know, I hired a coach that has fortune 500 background. Um, and so her and I resonate a lot and I'm not charging what she charges yet, but 
the more clients you work with and the more experience you get in this specific industry too, is also going to help drive prices. So I raise my prices twice a year. I encourage all my service-based entrepreneurs who are 80% booked and, and seeing, you know, those discovery calls coming in to also do rate increases to bringing on new clients because with that experience, you also don't want to get stuck within the same market. So Mm -hmm. I also want to keep working with more established women who I was working with when I was in corporate. And I want to work with women on that level. Now that I have so much coaching experience under my belt, I feel confident charging higher pricing and I have solidified my programs and what's offering. And I have all the systems down and I have the team to support that. So you want to make sure that you're increasing your rates as well, you know, annually or biannually. Right. I love that. That's super helpful because I I think you pointed out something really important as well. As you grow, your team grows, your experience grows, you evolve in who you're able to serve and you adjust your rates accordingly as, as you go, not just because all of a sudden you want to double your prices just to double your prices. Yes. I think that's something a lot of people don't take into account. I know Paula had also asked something about, about pricing. Like if there's a specific, you, you kind of covered this already, but if there's a specific like going right for, um, one-on-one coaching. And I, I don't think that there is because it's not, it's not a, an in general kind of blanket rule. Right. And it, it really just comes down to, um, and I know because I've structured so many clients now, I I work with a lot of coaches, whether it be health, wellness, gut health, personal trait, I mean, you name it, business coaches. And so a lot gets factored into, I mean, I even take into consideration, like, what does your website look like? What does your marketing look like? Because all of that plays into to what you're able to charge because if you're i have clients that are very highly qualified and they're doing well but when they come to me i look at all their marketing their branding their web and i'm like i just need to know you're comfortable making two investments right now because you not only need to invest in me but if you want to see massive results this year we need to rebrand you to actually represent who you, what you can do and who your client is. So I would say, no, there's not an actual going rate. And you have to realize too, the coaching industry, a lot of them are non-regulated. I know for me personally, there's a million business coaches out there. There's 21 year olds doing this. There's people that have never owned a business, never ran a business. This isn't my only company. And so anyone can do it. You can't price match, you know, what others are doing. You just have to be so confident in what you deliver and right. what the results are. Right. I love that. The confidence piece is huge too. And I, I appreciate that you said as you've, when you started, that was not necessarily what your ultimate goal is and who you wanted to serve. Like you want to get to that level of corporate women that you've, you've worked with before. But I think that that points out a really important you know, fact that you will gain confidence in working with the people that you're working with now. And that's how you'll evolve and be able to serve at higher levels. Yes. Yes, it does. It it definitely, if you're in the coaching industry, it'll come with time, any industry. I mean, I have clients who 
our attorneys who are, I have one client, she's a former chief compliance officer for Miami Heat and then started a business um, doing compliance for companies. I mean, her having that chief compliance experience from a brand like that, there was no way I would have, and, and she's an attorney, I wouldn't have her start her and launch her company and be like, well, your rate needs to be $50 an hour because you're brand new. No, your rate needs to be, you know, $400 an hour because you have experience from these major companies that now you're saying, look, you're a small company. You don't have a compliance department. You can afford me at a fraction of what it's going to cost to bring on a full headcount. And I will come in and do all your policies procedures. And once we started pivoting that way, cause she was charging on an hourly rate before she started working with me and really low. It's crazy what it's done for her business mm-hmm. because of the way she's positioned it now to companies. Look, you don't have to hire a headcount for this. I'll come in and do it in a matter of four to six weeks, I'm done, I'm out. And you have all your policies and procedures ready to go. Right. It's such a, it's so important too. Um, I do that a lot in my, in my day job with how I position the service that I sell because we are replacing, for example, like, like you just mentioned, we're replacing a headcount. Yeah. So what does this, it's not what it costs you. And I hate using the word cost. It's not what it costs you. It's what is it saving you? Like, yeah. I love that she, she very clearly identifies, and I'm sure you helped her with that. Like, what's the headcount to a small company like that, that they would require to, to have a compliance department? And how many people's salaries and benefits and everything else would you have to pay out to make that happen versus paying her for that service? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So Paula asked one more question. Oh, this, this is actually probably a good one. I don't, I don't think that you covered this. If your one-on-one coaching package is $1,000, for example, should you charge $100 for groups? I think she's looking for like a formula, if there's a formulaic way for group coaching versus one-on-one. So no, I wouldn't say there's a, a percentage by any means. I would say there's a lot you should take into consideration. You need to figure out what the jump would be. So you need to figure out if they're in your group program, what do they need to achieve to jump up to working with you one-on-one? So for me, it's pretty easy to gauge like based off of their current revenue, this and investing this much per month, I would like to ideally see their revenue coming in at X. So that way it makes sense from a financial standpoint for their business. If you're a health and wellness coach, I would say, that a lot of people are going to start off in your group program. So, and they may stay there. You want to figure out who that market is Mm -hmm. and what makes financial sense of where they would buy into it and what's included in it. And for example, when I went from two calls a month to five calls a month, I definitely increased the price on that group program Mm -hmm. uh, because it was much more high touch point. Now, if I would have been at four calls a month and I realized like, oh, I could probably do two. No one's getting on four. I would have left the price as is for the four. Then just just dropped it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are a lot of factors that go into it. Right. But as far as a percentage or a ratio, No, because it's going to be completely different based off of the type of industry and types of programs that you're offering. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally appreciate that. I think it's very different for industry, for what you're offering. Yeah, so I, there's not a formula. It's just, it's really kind of, it's about what they get out of it and, and what level of entrepreneur or what level of person they are at that entry point of your group program. Yeah. And I'm going to help you guys kind of understand, like see this from, this is total sales. And I know this is a sales group, so I feel comfortable saying this, but so I always look to from when I'm looking at the financial or the sales side of this, every time I sign a group coaching contract, so someone joins a group, that is a $4,500 contract. It just happens to be spread out over 12 months. So their payments are much more feasible at under 400. If you work with me one-on-one right now, that's a $7,000 contract, but a four month commitment. Mm-hmm. So it, if you're looking at it from a contract perspective, they're not that far off. And um, it's you know, a difference of $2,500. However, the person joining the group program does not have $7,000 over the span of the next four months to invest, right. but they can invest 4,500 over the span of the next 12 months because at this time their cash flow would allow for that. Right. So you kind of have to think of it from that perspective mm-hmm. too. So when we go into like open enrollments or launch week, so this week was supposed to be an open enrollment for us and we were going to um, have people join female founders club and I would have done a huge push for it. Those weeks have the potentials of being like a 30, $40,000 um, week of contracts signed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to also think I have my clients figure out too, if they're going to do a launch schedule, a rolling enrollment and figure out like, how do we, how do we, you know, space those out to where their contract schedule makes sense? Mm-hmm. A lot goes into it and I'm trying to give you guys as much advice as possible, but really elaborate. Some of it is a little bit vague because it, it, without me knowing your business and what, right. what you actually do and the results and who you're targeting, it's, it's pretty hard for me to give you numbers. Right. Right. Well, and so much of this is customized too. Like it, you know, if, if we could just Google the formula for everything, we'd all be super successful business owners and, and we wouldn't need any help from anybody, but there's a reason. I mean, you already mentioned you have a coach. I mentioned I have a coach. Like obviously some of my clients are on here. They have a, co- I mean, we all are, you know, what we do is, is not uniform. So it, it requires some customization and, you know, really looking at individually what we're offering. Yeah. And you need somebody else looking at it for you because I could, look at other people's businesses all day long, but there are times in my business where I should have done a price increase sooner. I should have done things. And, and because I have a coach they're you know, they're looking at it strictly from numbers and outsiders, 10,000 feet, um, where I'm in the weeds every day and serving my clients. I don't necessarily see it the way they see it. So. Right. There's a quote I always like to say, when you're in the frame, you can't see the picture. So we need help seeing the big picture of what's really going on. Yes. Yeah. I want to take a minute and let everybody know how they can follow you, interact with you, work with you. I know you are super in demand and that's not an easy feat right now to to have the opportunity to work with you, but how can they find you and follow you? Because you give some great support online. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm um, at 
the Jessica Marks, so M-A-R-X on Instagram. My website is the Jessica Marks. On the website, we have a free opt-in downloadable right now, and it's building out your six-figure uh, signature program. So it's basically you guys can go on there, download this worksheet, and it'll kind of walk you through step-by-step. Um, of how to build out your programs. It's also a great exercise for you to do. If you have programs, might just have you look at them a little bit differently um, and figure out what you need to add in. Um, so I go um, on Instagram. I try to go on every single day and provide business owners. You can reach out to me if you have questions. I'm not very active on Facebook, so definitely Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, or through my website is the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Like I said, um, I'm here as a resource, so feel free to reach out to me if you think of a question after this call. I know there's a lot of information to take in. Yeah, no, it was super helpful. Thank you, and thanks, ladies, for for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, everybody. This has been, I just love these trainings. Each week, it's like I'm just blown away again by the, the different experts I've had on, and you, like, this was just awesome, Jessica. I really appreciate your expertise and all the great stuff that you shared with us. Thank you. Yeah. And Jessica's in our community, you guys. So she, you will see her around. She's been a member in our community for a while. Um, and definitely follow her on Instagram as well and, uh, and check out her website. Thank you so much again, Jessica. This was awesome. And I really appreciate your time and you. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Talk to you soon. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.